Thank you so much for being with us here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. This is Couch Potato Radio. It's a pleasure to have with us John Kurzinski, longtime friend to the show, going back to his Associated Press days, now with The Athletic, and and a, certainly a weird year in sports. We talked to him a little bit right before, right around the NBA bubble thing was going on, and the, of course the Timberwolves weren't involved with it. That's his main beat, but he's covered the Minneapolis sports scene for a very long time. John, thanks for being with us here again on KFGO. Glad to be back, Derek. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm going to get to, obviously, one of the main reasons I called for you is the uh, great man, as Patrick Royce, always would call him, was Sid Hartman. But boy, it's just a, it's a weird feeling right now. The uh, you know the Timberwolves, they're, they've been kind of irrelevant for a while, even with the bubble situation going on. They weren't a part of it. Then you had the uh, Wild, one and done, essentially. And then the Twins, right out of the playoffs again, getting swept by the Astros and the Vikings. They stink. We got the Gophers and the Little Brown Jug this Saturday, but it is a 2020s a dark day for sports and many different reasons first for not having sports and then regionally here it just stinks yeah it, it does you know whenever you're kind of pinning all your hopes and dreams on go for football to be the <laughs> the thing that kind of carries the day and, and and brings some sunshine to it you know that you're in some crazy times and that's exactly what we're at down here right now i mean there is a lot of high expectation for the gophers and uh, some hopefulness that they can string a bunch of wins together and really uh, have a special season coming off of the terrific year they had last year. Um, but it's just been forever and ever since you've been able to count on them for anything. And so um, you can argue that you know, they're needed now more than ever with the Vikings, a dumpster fire, the the Twins you know, kind of flaming out as they always do in the playoffs. The Wolves have the number one pick, but that's still a month away and there's no real star like sitting at there at the top of the draft waiting for them. So it's all about PJ Fleck and the Gophers right now. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they kick things off maybe in the snow on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's crazy. At least they got field turf to brush it off, unlike the high schools uh, going on right now. Right, we're dealing with that right now, playoff-wise, in North Dakota and obviously in the middle of the season in Minnesota. But we'll get to that in just a bit. I mentioned the Vikings. Obviously, the past 48 hours have been talking about the Vikings. And I'm not all that wound up with the contract extension, You know whether or not they would fire Zimmer now or see how the season goes out, spiel them along with that. We know the contract situation with Cousins. If I'm going to give any excuses, I looked at it and I said, okay, you're hoping for Holton Hill and Mike Hughes injured. Daniil Hunter, obviously an impact player, injured. It just, it's anything that could go wrong has gone wrong for this organization. And do you think that anything drastic will be made? Well, I, I think we got to wait and see here, Derek. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, they've had a ton of injuries on the defensive side, especially, which has uh, hurt things. And offensively, uh, they just haven't taken you – know, they, they put up some nice numbers, but they continue to dig themselves holes and not kind of be – have Kirk Cousins be the reason they're winning games. And, and so you, ha- you put those two things together. Uh, now Dalvin Cook is hurt as well. And um, they, they have had a lot of misfortune come their way. They've had some things that they have uh, self-inflicted wounds as well. I mean – you know, they were the ones that have hitched their wagon to Cousins, and he has been 
good to decent, but not like franchise quarterback style. And so, um, you know, they're in the buy now. I do not anticipate a major move like a firing of Rick Spielman as GM or, or, or Mike Zimmer as coach during this bye week. I mean, they did just extend both of the men right before the season started with contract extensions. But I do think that, you know, if the season continues the way that it has gone so far, and if you keep getting not just losing games, but the lackluster effort that we saw on uh, against Atlanta on Sunday, that's when there could be some real um, you know, hard questions to, to ask at the end of the season. But the Wilfs are very patient, and so I don't see them making any knee-jerk reaction to six games going into this bye, but when 16 games are done, maybe they look at things a little bit differently. Yeah, it's... What was your thought in February 2018 when the Kirk Cousins stuff was going on? You know, in case Keenum just won 13 games, and there's always arguments about that. I don't want to get into that old debate, but it's just more or less, okay, for me it was, okay, the extension of these contracts, I mean, it was pretty much parallel, right? Cousins, Spielman, and Zimmer, and of course they extend them after going 10-6 and last year. And it's weird that no one works on dead contracts anymore, right? On their out contracts for whatever reason. But that might have been the strategy to go with if you're the Wolves. Yeah, I think, you know, when when they first brought him in, you say, okay, um, as as much as I think a lot of people liked Keenum, and I was very much driving that bus in terms of I just really loved the way that he played the game and kind of the guts that he played with. Um, But let's face it, you know, they've been kind of validated since letting him go. I mean, he kind of, he didn't do much in Denver. He's been a backup everywhere else and had, you know, a couple of moments here and there, but nothing. But would you say that a fit's a fit though, right? I mean, you see it in the NBA. I mean, I I think for whatever reason, he digs steel and Rudolph worked where it just, you know, maybe that was it here where it's not going to work those other places. I just have to step up and say that because that was my defense of it anyway. But. Entirely possible, yes. And, and you know, there's, they certainly had good chemistry, and so you can make arguments for all of that. Now, you know, with Cousins, I see why they, they, they felt they needed to upgrade. They felt they were in their Super Bowl window, and they, and they weren't good enough there. So they go out and get Cousins, who has the big arm, who's put up the big stats, but hasn't had a lot of wins. And so at the time, I could see the logic. I could see, okay, they think that this is a better option Ben Case Keenum for a team that is uh, in the Super Bowl window. And so they went and did it, and I, I didn't have a real issue with it. But the one thing is that um, what the decision they made with Keenum, that he wasn't good enough to keep going forward, I, I think you could make an argument that they had the same opportunity to make that decision with Cousins last, this last offseason and say, hey, look, he's put up some good numbers. Um, we won a couple of games with him, but every time we've been really stepped up in weight class, we've gotten flattened. And he, uh, when adversity hits, uh, he needs a lot of help to win games. And some, when you're paying your quarterback $31 million a year, you're going to need a, a guy to, to kind of raise the level of play of those around you. And I don't know that he's done that. And so I, I think that there was an argument to be made this offseason that, um, okay, you're going to have to prove it again, Kirks. We're going to go into your final year of your deal. If you have an unbelievable season and we go to the playoffs and we win games in the playoffs and maybe even get to a Super Bowl, then whatever you pay him on the back end of that will have been worth it. But to me, to extend the way they did and they needed some cap space 
by by doing it. But right, that's true. I mean, we we are, we are bearing that lead as they kind of gave themselves a little bit of a cushion there by doing this too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. And but you know, that's kind of the position that they put themselves in with the way they managed their books. And Rob Brzezinski is great. He does an unbelievable job of playing the shell game. But eventually, you have to. The, eventually, the bill comes home. and You have to pay it. And so now they're getting squeezed. And they did the, the, the extension with Kirk to create a little bit more space. But then you have the Anthony Barr contract, and Anthony Harris is, is getting the franchise tag. And, and, and you have um, now Dalvin Cook is making a ton of money. So all of these chickens are coming home to roost. And they're just in a really tough spot unless you have these guys really just giving you elite production. And unfortunately right now, Kirk, and I'm, I'm not the biggest Kirk basher. You know, I'm, I, I think that he can do things to help you win games. But right now, he's not playing well. I mean, to throw 10 interceptions at this point in the season in, a, in an era where, where quarterbacks don't throw interceptions, it's, it's really glaring, and they don't have any other options. No, well, that was my thing about signing him. I, you know, Case Keenum had seven interceptions, two against Washington and a win in 2017. You go with a guy who had 13 interceptions and four lost fumbles, not to mention the ones that he – yeah. I'm just not a turnover quarterback guy for sure. John Krasinski with us from The Athletic. Certainly you want to go and subscribe to The Athletic. So much great stuff. And you're a, counter, you're a co-worker there. Michael Russo had a nice uh, write-up about his dealings with Sid towards the end. He got to know him a little bit later, and you and I have been – you know, whether it be in locker rooms or me working with him at CC or whatever, just put in perspective as a journalist and as a print journalist compared to what I've, what I've been doing on radio, how you looked up to him, learned what to do, what not to do. I mean, it's just, it, it really, it, he was a bigger in life figure around us. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look, you, everyone kind of says, you know, in, in these moments, so he was, unique or he was larger than life or things like that. And you go to those cliches, but they were all absolutely true with Sid Hartman. I mean, he dominated the press box uh, in, in good ways and bad. Um, you know, he, he played by his own rules, you know, the cheering in the press box, which we're not supposed to do the kind of the, the, the way that he would hold court in press conferences and, and shout out questions or, or crack jokes and, <laughs> and things like that. And, and some of them were just ridiculous and, and, and you just, you know, you, you shook your head at it. But, um, you know, I, the way, what I've been saying, Derek is like, I do think that in his earlier days when he was only 60 years old or 70 years old or, or 50 years old, he really did rule this media scene with an iron fist and he made it difficult on other reporters, uh, who are trying to compete and, and, and some people, some of them even at his own paper who are just trying to do a good job. And, and so there, there are those who, who kind of had those frustrations with him. But by the time that I got around, you know, 20 years ago now, which is kind of crazy to say, but uh, he had kind of, he was 80. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He had softened a little bit and, and so he was not as threatened, I think, by some of us who came around later, certainly into his 90s. And, you know, over the last 10 years, um, as he got to know me a little bit more and I got a little more established in this, in this market and had some success, I mean, he was, you know, really complimentary, um, you know, very, very kind to me, uh, very respectful. We, had, we, he would, we would swap stories and, and just listen to him talk about, you know, the old days and all these things. And uh, it was, it was wholly enjoyable to have him around. I mean, yeah, you shook your head at some of the things that he would say or do, or, 
some of the mistakes that he would make. But gosh, he was 95 years old or 96 years old when he was when he was doing this stuff. So um, he was really just uh, uh, a singular character here. And you know, I know a bunch of us have said it, but even though he was 100 years old, he, it was it was hard to to envision him dying it's it was hard yeah. it's hard to envision a, a a time when you walk into a press box or a locker room and he's not there like that's just that's how omnipresent he has been for 76 years in this business it's remarkable well yeah to think about because i was the last time i saw him in person would have been in the uh, press box for the gophers badgers game at tcf bank stadium i just saw him earlier at the denver vikings game you know i'm getting that just it, it's and that seems like yesterday but uh, chad hartman i don't know if you heard him talk a little bit about his father oh, yeah. dave lee yesterday and it just gives me goosebumps because i think i don't know how much of an acquaintance you are of him i i am and yeah he's a good friend yeah and he's a he's a really genuine person and he's kind of very competitive and demanding when he wants to be too much like his father but he's so friendly and when he said COVID didn't take my father, but the year yeah. of COVID kind of did. That just really hit me because I think we've talked about the mental illness a part of it. And I said many times during, throughout the summer, because I was having a tough enough time. I was getting by listening to some of these Twins Classic games that we ran here on KFGO, John, but I can't imagine a guy who had four or five TVs set up in his living room at you know 100 years old living for sports every day not being able to go mingle it just that it probably did for the lack of a better term kill him to be quite honest i mean just not being able to be out because of the threat of him dying of covid probably in, in the long run actually did yeah i i think it's exactly right and uh you know i wrote that too i wrote a little remembrance as well and one of the things that you know we always said in the press corps was, you know, it would come up, is Sid ever going to retire? No, he's never going to retire because the day that he stops working is the day that he would die. Um, you know, he just loved going, making his four or five stops a day at Gophers, at Vikings, at Timberwolves, you know, shooting the bleep with, with guys and, and, and interviews and, and compiling the column. And like, that was his life's work and his life's purpose. And so when he was, when he would have to stop doing that, we figured that would be the end for him. And even though he didn't retire during this time, Derek, I mean, he—he—you he, could tell that the way that this this job has changed over these last six months is everything is done via Zoom call now. You don't have personal face-to-face interactions with athletes or with coaches or or anybody else. Um, it's you, a lot of the venues aren't open anymore, or if they are, they're very limited. And you have social distancing, and and there's not as much of the of the mingling and things that Sid loved to do. And so I do think that you know, at, even though he didn't officially retire, he he probably looked around and and he heard the stories of what it's like to cover games now, and and said to himself, "This is not what I do, and and this is all changing, and I don't know when it's going to." come back to the way it was. And so I, I, I think that had to have played into it a little bit. I mean, the, 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 the news gathering and the source building and the relationship cultivating that had been a part of his life forever and ever was gone. And so I think, you know, that kind of took away just some of that remarkable will to keep pressing on that always kept him going and kept him showing up. John Krasinski with us here from The Athletic on Couch Potato Radio. I'm Derek Hansen. I, I haven't said this on the air yet. And 
when uh, the virus st- first started to hit, you know, we st- it first started getting the news. I was listening, and I was I actually drove to Florida for a week and a half just because it's very therapeutic for me, and I'm weird. But I went down to spring training, and I just I, I like to drive and listen to the radio. It's because what I do or whatever. And so all the news was coming out, and I thought, okay. And then as I was getting, I mean, I just had a great spring training of talking to Twins players, former, current, you know, all that. And there's just this weird feeling, like something telling me that you better enjoy your time in the clubhouse because it's never going to be like this again, like this outside voice. And I didn't put two and two together. And then on my drive home on uh, March 9th, it all started coming, right? The Ivy League cancels the basketball yeah. tournament. And it was just like, what on earth is going on? I'm listening to UND and NDSU for the Summer League title. And and I don't know. You mentioned Zoom. I don't think there could be another Sid Hartman or even close because I just don't know how this is going to work. And how is that going to affect you? I mean, you're going into a crowded locker room with 10 players. When is that going to change? I mean, you've, you've had a fight for scoops for how long in probably the hardest place to get scoops in the NBA. It's a weird thing. That's where it's going to be so hard to even think that a Sid Hartman could exist again beyond what we talked about before. Yeah, no, it's an it's an incredible challenge. I I think I just keep holding out hope, Derek, that eventually, you know, eventually, sometime down the road, that there will be a vaccine, there will be uh, common sense that kind of gets this thing under control, and we go back to some sense of normalcy. Now, I don't think it's coming anytime soon, and but I do think that. I do hope, you know, that we will be able to event, go back into a locker room again, whether it's a year from now or two years from now or something like that, because it is the lifeblood. I mean, you know, being able to just be in there and have casual conversations with people um, and not, you know, be asking them questions rat-a-tat uh, about the game and, and things like that, that allows you to build those relationships and build that trust. And so it allows for more forthright conversations in private and, so it's very, very hard to do that right now. And so there's a lot of kind of that you, you see the same quotes in every story from every writer because there's only one source. Now, thankfully, I've been around long enough that I have some relationships built up over the years that I can still kind of work the phones and, and, and I think still come up with unique content and things like that. But just, you know, the the color, the the details, like a lot of the things that I would pick up on that would be little bits of the product that I produce, it, it's harder to find that. And we have to work harder to figure that out. Now, the last thing I can do is feel sorry for myself and just say, well, there's nothing else I can do. So I'm just stuck doing this. I mean, I just have to roll up my sleeves and, and find another way to get through until the doors open back up again, God willing. So um, you know, it, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that all works out. I do think that now more than ever is when the best of the best separate themselves and, and find other ways around some of these restrictions. And, um, and we'll just keep trying to do that. That's all we can, that's all we can try to do. Yeah, for sure. John, thanks so much. Thanks for your stories of uh, Sid. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, for me, a lot of people have asked, why are you talking so much about it? I said, well, listening to that Sunday morning show is probably the reason I wanted to be a regional spot, uh, sports oh. talk show host, to be quite frank, yeah. when I was in high school. And I just, you know, he and Dave Moda and having all those guests on it just inspired me to want to do this. And I'm lucky enough to do it. So, uh, and, yeah, and yeah, you, you can't overstate his influence, like not even on journalism, but like, you know, sit next to him in a press box at a you know at the old Metrodome, and how many fans came up to him and asked for autographs? Yeah. You know, like like 
legitimately, you could say if you were to build a Mount Rushmore of Minnesota sports figures, you could put Sid on it, and he would belong there with KG or Puckett or, or Harmon Killebrew or you know, whoever else you want to put on there. And, and, and he was big not just in the Twin Cities, but outstate, you know, in, in, in the Fargo-Moorhead area, in, you know, up in Duluth, up, up down in Rochester. Like, he's just like, that's, that's how immense of a figure he was. And I, I just, I don't think you can overstate that. Oh, that's for sure. John, thanks so much. We'll be reading your stuff on The Athletic. Uh, subscribe to theathletic.com. Do appreciate your time as always, and we'll do it here again in a couple months, and we'll figure out what kind of NBA season we have coming up, too. We'll see how it plays out. We'll probably talk to you before the draft, too, because that, that's going to be an interesting story. Sounds good, Derek. I'll talk to you then. Again, a very longtime friend of the show here, Couch Potato Radio, really all my shows, and He's been on, on our sister station, the fan, quite a bit with the Dan Brero and a few others, known then as AP Sports Guy, now uh, Johnny Athletic, John Krasinski, and uh, married to a young gal from the Eulen area, Eulen, Minnesota. Yes, so uh, always fun to have John on. Uh, just a, a great writer and really a great personality to be around. Always, I miss seeing him and many of the others up and uh, getting to these games too. So a uh, little look at what's going on in Minnesota sports, a little look at what's going on. Uh, just want to get his uh, stories on Sid Hartman. This is Couch Potato Radio. Thanks so much for being with us, Derek Hans. We're going to head to KFGO today and look back on news and views and many other great shows, the live and local shows right here on the Mighty 790 KFGO.